I'm Tim Kittrow, and you're tuned in to the Important Nonsense Podcast with Steve Bonham. Attention, Alan Hearn's mom. His knee is better. (laughs) You can stop worrying. Neil Smith. Even with the concussion, as long as he's cleared, probably don't have a better option. Jack Kavanaugh. Raheem Mostair, as I would like to call him. And Jason Draven. Nah, man. Just let's watch some football. Boom shakalaka. Welcome back, everybody, to the Important Nonsense Podcast. 32 teams in 32 days. I'm Neil Smith, joined as always by Mr. Steve Bonham. Howdy. Oh, Steve, it's a it's a glorious day. It's a glorious day because we're going to talk about one of everybody's favorite topics, Robert Woods, because we're going to be breaking down the L.A. Rams. Uh, as we sit here, it's 814. And if anything sounds a little bit dated, that's why. Check out the wrap-up show, which will be coming out right before draft weekend here, just so we can update any takes that might need to get adjusted as we roll forward here over the next like two weeks. And as I mentioned, we're going to talk about the Rams. But real quick, just so nobody gets lost along the way, we're going to be referencing the Fantasy Pros ECR. We're going to be talking about our own collateral and possibly a few other, uh, few other outlets and tools as we go through this. Check us out at importantnonsense.com and check us out at importantnonsense.com backslash Patreon. If you like what you hear, help us keep the lights on here. For $1, $1 a month, you can get become a Patreon and join our Discord. Chat with Steve and I directly. Chat with all of our directly. If you have questions, if you want us to look at your team, take a look. And for a little bit more money than that, for a maximum of five, check out all of our Pro Tools, Fantasy Stat Book, Draft Helper, all that stuff. We have all that, all of our pro tools, our rankings, projections, all of that is loaded on importantnonsense.com for you. And uh, for max, max entry is $5 a month. So help us out with any of that. But Steve, let's get right into it here. And let's talk about, we talked about it, we touched on it in the Detroit show, right? Right. That there had been a change at quarterback that Matthew Stafford had moved on. Well, Matthew Stafford finds himself L.A. Ram, which Pretty interesting turn of events there. So they went out. They were, <laughs> the Rams had finally seen enough of Mr. Jared Goff. Frankly, I can't we, believe it took them that long. <laughs> yeah, we all have. Yeah, we've all seen enough of that. So it's to me, it's kind of an interesting decision because Matthew Stafford is not, he's not like we looked this up. He's not exactly like part of the old man club yet at quarterback, but he's not really what you call a spring chicken anymore. Right. So they actually, the Rams went out and invested a significant amount of capital to bring Matthew Stafford in, which it should be an upgrade, right? On yeah. paper bet- over, over Jared Goff. And it's great move for Stafford because for the first time in his life, he might actually have an opportunity to win something in the yeah. NFL. New ground for Matt Stafford. Never, <laughs> never happened before. So for, to me, the only concern that I have, and I know we talk a lot about how injury prone is a myth because it's been proven out. Yeah. See, there's, I want to just point out, there's a difference between being injury prone and having a significant back injury that's like medically diagnosable. Right. And Matthew Stafford falls into the latter category. He's not injury prone. His back has almost been broken twice. So I have a concern about that whenever we're talking about Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. If you put that to one side for a moment, historically, we've talked about this too. I have very little negative things to say about Matthew Stafford. He's yeah. an excellent thrower of the football. When he's actually out there on the field, and we've seen it for years, he's been consistent for years. So I can understand why the Rams want to try and bring him in because he's significant. Sorry, Jared Goff believers, but he's significantly <laughs> better than Jared Goff at, at, at the act of throwing a football, which is yeah. 80% of his job. So that's 
that's why they're going to go ahead and do that. And you can argue about they overpaid, but that's not really a fantasy football conversation. The what I think is is that when he's out there, he should be. I think the Rams believe he was what was going to what's going to put them over the top, right? Right. They still have a pretty defense, good team yeah. because of their defense. They still have a pretty good team, and at the time, the, that was seemed to be the logic. We're a quarterback away. We're going to try and compete. Matthew Stafford give us the opportunity to compete, and so for fantasy purposes. The only thing that gives me a little bit of pause as far as like being interested in this from, you know, as my starter in a 12 team redraft is really kind of the back injury stuff that has plagued him over the the last couple of years. And it just depends, I think, on what your risk tolerance is. You know what I mean? Because I know for our site, we have him at quarterback 18, but I know that that's kind of he's a polarizing figure. There are some, there are a lot of people who are totally out on Matthew Stafford, but the people who are still in on Matthew Stafford are pretty far in on Matthew Stafford. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I've seen him going anywhere as high as 12 and as low as like 17, 18. So I'm curious, how do you feel about, about Matt Stafford? Where do you personally hold on to him? So with Stafford, he's one of those guys. I think Matt Stafford is going to end up becoming our new, the new Philip Rivers. Well, we've been trying to audition for new Philip Rivers for two years now. So, but the problem with that is Philip Rivers was our, always our guy because he was so rely on that you would, could get consistently in that mid round inexpensive. Yes. Um, that nobody else seemed to want here. I have him at 15 and I feel pretty good about that mainly because, um, I think that, Again, he's in a good situation. He's been consistent and efficient throughout his career. And I've got him right behind the guys that are Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence. I've got him right in that neighborhood where those guys, I think, have a bigger ceiling than he does. But I think he gives me a more reliable floor. You know what's funny is I have Matt Stafford at 14, one spot ahead of Matt Ryan. And the two guys in front of him are Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow. Yes. Well, that's what I was going to say, too, is in my own rankings, I have Ryan at 12. And I have Stafford at 15. And in the ECR and on ADP, that's reversed. Stafford is 11. Matt Ryan is 15. So just for me personally, we talked about it in the Atlanta show. I believe they're going to throw so much and they're going to have to throw so much. And they don't have much of a run game to speak about that. How dare you disrespect Mike Davis like that? Uh, That Matt Ryan is going to put up monster numbers this season. Yeah, as Whereas, long as he's four picks a game, yes. I don't think that's going to matter. Look at what James <laughs> Winston did. <laughs> 30 and 30. <laughs> but uh, you have... It only Stafford. matters in the Scott Fishbowl. Exactly. Yeah. You have Stafford, who's learning a new system. And granted, it was a system that Jared Goff could get. So how, how tough could it really be? Uh, but it's a, a new system. Bump. Yeah, exactly. A new system. He's get he's got more pass catchers than he's ever had before in his career. The problem is that unlike when he was in Detroit with Adrian Peterson or DeAndre Swift, now he doesn't really have much of a run game because of the to Cam Akers. Which well, if you go through the hold on, but if you go through the history, season. if you go through the history of Matt Stafford, there's a large period of time where he didn't have a run game. Okay. Well, like, if we're I going suppose. through the career of Matt, oh really? Really, we're gonna do this? Okay, so we're gonna talk about Carryon Johnson, yeah. your boyfriend, who was probably the best running back he played yeah. with in his time with Detroit, and then yeah. everything else is worse than that. And that was the high water mark before Swift got there that he had one season with. 
Like, I think I would argue that Matt Stafford is familiar with having a terrible run game. Well, I don't I mean, you had carry on Johnson. Yes. Before that you had Joyke Bell. Yeah. Joyke Bell had Kevin Smith. Yeah. That's nothing. Uh, I mean, they're, they're putting up thousand yard seats saying that's understand that from fantasy perspective, they weren't, they weren't good. Like Javid best. Remember Javid best. I do remember Javid best. Um, let's see. I'm, I'm cycling through who are the top running backs in Detroit while he was there. Uh, Reggie Bush. Okay. I'll give you that. He did have Reggie Bush for a little while there. Um, Reggie Bush again, Theo Riddick as the pass catching back. Our guy, Theo Riddick that we had for so long. Oh, poor Theo. I know. And then Amir. Yeah, which was like eh, kind of average best. Right. And that was one season where, let's see. Yeah. Then there was one year when Theo Riddick and Dwayne Washington were the primary running backs. There we go. I remember that. And too. then yeah. after that was Arian Johnson, Adrian Peterson, and now DeAndre Swift. Yeah. So it's not like he's had horrible options, but now you're talking about Daryl Henderson. Right. Because well, you mentioned it like, yeah. like Cam Akers ruptured his Achilles, right. super unfortunate. And and will now right. miss the entirety yeah. of this season. Easily be the best wide receiver core he's had since he had golden Tate and Megatron. Oh, I think this, yeah, I think that's the only one that would even rank in there is when he had golden Tate and Megatron. Right. And, and I, mean, I think the numbers that he was able to put up last season with Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. Mm-hmm. And now he's got Woods and Cup. So I think he's going to have a decent enough season, but I feel like the public is a little bit overpaying because of the hype. And the, I think the hype. And, and again, I'm just concerned that a gentleman who has had a significant back injury twice is now going to be expected to get stood up behind what is not as good of an offensive line as it used to be. And they're talking about it. Like it still is the same offensive line that had Andrew Whitworth on it. And that's not, it's not the same offensive line. I'm just a little concerned about that, which gives me a little bit pause, a little bit of pause with Matthew Stafford on the idea. And again, injury prone is a myth. I get that. There's a difference between being injury prone, as I said before, and having a significant, significant back injury. Well, and I think that's about that. I think what's also worth noting here is when, like you mentioned it, him winning anything, right? Like this is his, I would have, hold on. 10 years. Uh, This is his 13th. Yeah. 13. Yeah. So this is his 13th season in the league. He's only had four years in those 13 seasons with an above 500 record. He is used to playing from behind. A lot of these numbers he's put up has been because he's chasing points, throwing to his wide receivers because they kind of have to. And then we talked about it. Like you mentioned, playing with bad running backs, right? It's not like his running backs, I don't think have been, were that terrible, but they also weren't great. They weren't very noteworthy. That's right? what I'm saying. That's kind of been my point there is that he never played with anybody that would have been the caliber of Cam Ackers. And I would argue that Daryl Henderson is probably about the level that he's probably used to been playing with. And Daryl Henderson might be better than some of those guys that you read. Okay, with. exactly. So even then we're talking about Daryl Henderson is probably at that level, if not a little bit better than the running backs he's had in the past. But he also has the best defense he's ever played with in his career. I don't think he's going to have to throw it as much as he has 
in Detroit. So I think he's going to have a good, a good efficient season. He has great pass catchers and he's going to put up decent numbers, but I don't think he's going to be able to have that top 10 season because he's just not going to have to throw it as much as he normally would. Yeah. Cause you know, they're going to try and establish the run. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the Rams at this point with Ackers going down have come out and based, I mean, as close to, as close to flatly saying, look, Daryl Henderson's our starting running back as you're ever going to hear is what McVeigh said in a press conference. And I know we don't normally listen to coaches because they have no incentive to tell you the truth. But in this case, I actually believe him because they they also said he's sitting out all the preseason games. I don't think they have the money or the draft capital to go out and bring in another running back unless it's signing a free agent off the street, which is, you know, that's fine. But who's out there? that you're really interested in to come in and help you out at this. My whole argument here has kind of been just that in he played Stafford played 16 full games last year, right? Yes. They went five and 11 in Detroit. They had a terrible season with a terrible team. He threw for over 4,000 yards. He had 26 touchdowns and 10 interceptions, really good numbers playing from behind, throwing the ball a ton and he was QB 15. So I, I understand he's got better wide receivers and better skill guys than he had last year. I just don't think he's going to have the volume that he had in Detroit to put up the kind of numbers he would need to to justify a top 10 finish. Right, because they're going to be running the ball with Daryl Henderson through the back half a lot, a lot of these games. Yeah, trying to they're, yeah, they're the going to be winning a lot of low-scoring games with that it's, defense. That's the way that that should be happening. At least yep. it's going to be more of Even a surprise. Then, we've talked about it. That they've got like Super Bowl aspirations here. If you're winning by two, three touchdowns in the fourth quarter, he's going to sit. Yeah, because you're going to keep him. You're going to keep him upright yeah. for uh, for the playoff push. Yeah. So he's he's somebody to think about in that regard as well. Where it's like, yeah, you might you might get some nice games, but if he gets to a thirty and then the fourth quarter starts and they're crushing their opponent, he's that's probably all you're going to get. So you might not be being able to get some of those like 40s and things like that that you might have seen from him when he was in Detroit. So I think we're all agreed. You and I at least are. We'll go. We're gonna. We're gonna just probably leave Matthew Stafford out there, given what yeah. his good, not great. Is. And I think going forward, people will shy away from Stafford, and then he'll become our value. Yep, he'll become the new Philip Rivers more than likely after people get disappointed from him. And that's and that's a that's a okay with me for years for future years reading some tea leaves, but. The nice thing about Matthew Stafford is that remember when Jared Goff was there and we just talked about how we think Jared Goff is worse than Matthew Stafford and Matt and Jared Goff was able to prop up like three wide receivers for this team that actually mattered for fantasy. Boom, baby cash it. Cause now we're going to get right into what matters and what matters is Robert Woods, Robert Woods. Oh, the darling, the darling of of our show for so long. One of our, one of our BFFs wide receiver nine this year in, uh, in our projections for the website, I know you've got him like really high. I've got him really high. Where do you actually have him in your personal rankings as an aside? Uh, I have him at 10 right now. Okay. I've got him at, at, uh, at 12. So I'm three spots lower and I hate Robert Woods. But then when you go and look at what the industry has to say about Robert Woods, typically, this is why I end up with a lot of shares of Robert Woods historically. And I know you do as well. Uh, so it, you got to love everything about it, right? He's an excellent pass catcher. He gets carries and he gets red zone carries and he gets red zone targets. He's very efficient. He catches just about everything that you throw at him, including those horrible ducks that would go at his feet that Jared Goff used to throw to him. I see very little 
to deter me from wanting to get as many shares as Robert Woods as possible for the 2021 season. Do you have any pushback to that idea? Because I'm very invested in some Robert Woods. No, yeah, I'm right there with you. I think the polarizing Cooper Cup. Yeah, and let's go right in there. So real quick, do you have an ADP for Robert Woods handy? Uh, no, go into Cooper Cup. I'll grab it. Okay, let's go right into Cooper Cup because I think we're going to need ADPs for all of these guys to actually have this conversation properly. Because what I want to do is I want to actually get people like familiar with the whole room here, which I'll do while you're looking that up. So Cooper Cup is still there. Oh, by I the way. get it. It's Robert okay. Woods is at wide receiver 14, Cup at 20. So there you go. So Robert Woods is a value at this point in drafts. And Cooper Cup, though, is the conversation because for our projections for our website, we've got him at wide receiver 14. Depending on what outlet you look at, I've seen him as high as, well, frankly, like 13, 14, 12. And then I've seen him as low as like in the mid 20s. So it just depends on how you feel about Cooper Cup. I know some people view him as injury prone. We talk about that being a myth a lot. Sorry that he has bones and that he's like a person. Uh, And it'd be convenient if he was a robot, but that'd be convenient about a lot of things. We'll so, get there. Yeah, one day, one day. And but Cooper Cup, like I, I know that we've got some, some concerns about the volume because they're going to be running, right? But how many concerns do you really have? Because once you get past Cooper Cup, you know you're talking about. I guess they have Tyler Higby if we just want to go right into all pass catchers, but they don't have much else in the wide receiver room. You're talking about Van Jefferson, and they brought in Deshaun Jackson, who was their most one of their most notable offensive free agent signings. They bring in Deshaun Jackson to try and stretch the field. And they drafted Tutu Atwell to kind of do the same thing. Uh, it was That was a little bit of a puzzler for me. I don't, I'm not entirely sure why they did that. And then they still have things like Tristan Jackson. But realistically, there isn't too much that scares you, at least from, from my opinion. I'm not super interested in Deshaun Jackson stretching the field, especially from what we've seen out of Deshaun Jackson the last couple seasons. He'll go out and have a nice game, and then you never see him again. He's hurt for the rest of the year, and I wish that was hyperbole because he's – great player in his own right. And he's, you know, been in the league for a long time, but that's kind of where we're at. And Van Jefferson showed me nothing last year personally. So for me out of the wide receiver room, I think part of why I'm willing to recommend cup, because I personally have him at 18. So I'm a little lower than the site, but I'm, I'm more than happy to have Cooper cup as a wide receiver too. Yeah, me too. I've got him at wide receiver 17 and compared to the rest of the general public, um, we've got the ECR has him at 20 and currently, like I said, an ADP also at 20. So we're yeah. a little bit higher than the general public and the ECR on Cooper cup. So we're higher on both wide receivers and yet we're slightly down on the quarterback. And I believe that the reasoning for this is that again, the math doesn't add up. I feel like that when acres got hurt, they didn't account for that with the Matt Stafford numbers maybe checking down, or they just love Tyler Higby significantly more than I'm realizing. That's usually the answer I find when I'm trying to analyze this on because my Because even when I look at like the, uh, the projections and everything from our site, we're still pretty high on Tyler Higby. Like we're higher on all the skill position guys, but somehow lower than Matt Stafford. Like the the math just doesn't add up for the general. They're adding in numbers somewhere that aren't making sense. It's like a, it's like an opposite of the Chiefs. Like yeah, if if you are out on these guys and you're down on these guys, then you should be down on Matt Stafford too, but for whatever reason he's getting boosted up. Yeah. 
it's it's really weird that people are like overpaying to get Matt Stafford, but they're they're poo pooing they and trying to discount Woods everything. Or Higby or Cup. Yeah, so th- that's the way that's been my experience in all the mocks I've done so far is that I'm coming back with a lot of Robert Woods, a significant mm-hmm. amount of Cooper Cup, and periodically I'm not a Higby guy. But periodically he gets to such a price point that I'll take him. Mm-hmm. Not a big fan, but if you're just gonna give him to me for free. Then yeah. And I'll we can gloss past, like like you said, Jefferson, Jackson, Atwell. None of it matters. It's just Woods and Cup. And then Tyler Higby, I have at 10. Our site is projecting him at 10. And he's 11 in the ECR. And he's going 14 in ADP. Yeah, and I have him at 13, which is why I keep ending up with him. In some so again, years. yeah, like, like I said, it's you're down on all the pass catchers but you're high on the quarterback. How does that make sense? It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. So it's really strange trying to evaluate the Rams here, but for the time being, given this information, yeah, the recommendation I think here is, is load up on some Robert Woods and Cooper <laughs> yeah. cup. And to a lesser extent, some Tyler Higby, if you can get them all at values and just leave Matthew Stafford himself out there, let somebody else deal with that problem. But I'll be happy to take those skill position guys. Yeah. And Robert Woods, I'm the one, the least concerned about just because He's the rare elite level wide receiver that also gets a rushing floor. Right. It's so good. It's so good. How could you not want this? It's it's so safe and secure. It's like a hug from the universe. It's beautiful. And then that's I mean, that's it's not a lot because then we can go right back into running back. I feel like we've already started to cover it. Mm-hmm. It's just Daryl Henderson. He's RB23 on our site in our projections. For me, he's I believe RB20. I'm gonna double check that right now as we as we talk that through. But He's yeah, I've got, at, I've got him right at 20. Yeah, I've got him at 21. So I'm right there with you on that. The general public has him at 25 in ADP. He is 20 in the ECR. Yeah. And it's just, I think that's about right because of what we've seen from him previously. It's not yeah, the world's the, greatest pass catcher, yeah, but he's flashes a, that he's shown. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he has good games. He's again, I wish he was a little bit of a better pass catcher, but beyond that, the guy can, the guy can play and he's a really good between the tackles runner. So, He'll be, he'll be, he'll be serviceable for you as an RB two, and and again at a value, which is hilarious because the only thing on this team that isn't a value is Matthew Stafford. Yeah, make it make sense. I, I <laughs> it's so weird, weird advice here, folks. Where we're we're recommending all the skill position players for the Rams at their relative ADPs, except for Matthew Stafford. Yep, and it, and then and then obviously. Uh, We'll reference it one last time. You're not drafting Van Jefferson. You're not drafting Deshaun Jackson. You're not drafting Tutu Atwell. Just stop it. You're not drafting yeah. any of that stuff. Just leave that all out there. And then the defense will be pretty good. We've touched yeah. on that as well. Just to De- just to the defense is my number two defense, but it's not going to matter. I'll have them. Yep. Pretty Same for me. I'll never roster that because somebody will overpay for it. So it's going to be a good defense, but really can't recommend enough that you don't overpay for it. And it's probably going to be the same thing with Matt Gay. Matt Gay is our website's number two kicker to the extent that you can predict that thing, but he'll be good and he'll have a lot of opportunities because they're going to move the ball. If any, if there's any takeaways that I'm sure you're picking up from us talking about this, we're expecting them to move the ball in a significant yeah. manner. They're going to, and they're going to have opportunities. Defense will be good. He'll get a lot of opportunities. I'm, don't overpay for it. It doesn't matter. I prefer to stream kicker than, than ever try to overpay and project who will be good. So I think that really wraps up the, uh, the LA Rams here, I think we're all expecting big things. So as long as Matt Stafford is kept upright and doing his job, I think they'll be successful. Uh, but I think in the listening world tomorrow, we're going to talk about something that uh, 
might not be as successful. Okay, great. Uh, we're going to go talk about Las Vegas. So we will see you all tomorrow to uh, to endure the uh, the Las Vegas Raiders show. Music for this podcast is provided by Lee Rosevere. I'm Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz, and you can find all the guys at importantnonsense.com. Kaboom!